Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you. We just thank you for sending Jesus Christ to this earth to change everything. He is an amazing and astonishing God, the Son of God, an astonishing Savior whom you've given to us because you are a great and awesome and mighty God. And thank you, Lord, in working uh, through people like us, Lord, to carry your message um, to this world. And also, Lord, to receive your message and to follow you, God, and just help us um, to just grow as followers of Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. I am Father Steve Kennedy, and uh, very happy uh, to be preaching to you today. Well, today's gospel is a bit of a repeat from last week, at least the second part, because last week Father Astor preached from John, where he called, I be, he called actually, um, I think he called Andrew and Peter, but uh, Philip and Nathaniel. And today, um, you know, John and James, the, the sons of Zebedee, uh, they were called. And this passage really gets at, you know, the core of the gospel message. Jesus' first words are in verse 15 that, are, that come from from Mark's gospel. And it tells all about why he came. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is at hand because Jesus brings in the kingdom. The kingdom of God came to this earth 2,000 years ago in the person of Jesus Christ. And now this person is going to go out and bring God's good news at which Mark begins his gospel with. He says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Gospel means good news. And that's what Jesus has come to bring. And then, in what follows, it's, it's a call to people like us. These were the first four disciples of Jesus. And three, three of the... Well, John and, and Peter were two of the closest disciples and leaders of the church after Jesus had died on the cross, rose again, and ascended to the Father. They birthed the church along with Jesus. And that call to these men is the same call that we have today. And that God has continued to call people for, for 2,000 years. Well, that's all I'm going to say about this passage because... I actually, I, I look at the prayer book and I look at the readings and then I said, well, last week we had the call and I got locked in a week ahead. So I looked at Jesus casting out an unclean spirit. So that actually is the message that, that I bring to you today. And so I am going to um, read the following eight verses because that is what I'm going to be preaching on uh, today. So... Let me do that. Verse 21 to 28. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. 
Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, Be quiet and come out of him. When the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region of Galilee. What a difference a year makes. In January 2020, the unemployment was an historically low 3.6%, nearly a 50-year low. Today, the unemployment rate in the United States is 6.7%. It's 9% in the state of California. Most schools are closed for in-person instruction, and many children are struggling with this. And of course, parents who have to help their children learn online. Mental health issues are growing. COVID-19 has been hospitalizing and killing people for nearly a year. They say that Los Angeles County is currently the epicenter in the U.S. as the virus has been raging over the last two months. We've topped a million people in Los Angeles County alone and over 15,000 deaths. The coronavirus has really disrupted life as we knew it. And it is a virus that we have not been able to control. It has caused devastating harm to our cities, our state, our nation, and our world. Oh, how we all want COVID-19 to disappear and be expelled from our lives. So let's go back 2,000 years in time and, and see what things were like in first century Israel. Well, Israel had been living under Roman rule for 90 years. The Jewish people were waiting and waiting for God's promised Messiah to arrive on the scene to liberate them from Rome. Well, those are two things that we're far ahead of first century Israel on. But God had not spoken to Israel through one of His prophets for over 400 years. Israel and the Jewish people were facing their own difficult challenges. And so in the Gospel that I just read, verses 21 to 28, we read about a man who had lost control of his life. And we read that the, the evil spirit was convulsing, making the man have convulsions, like an epileptic during an epileptic seizure who just, the person just leaves, loses total control. Well, this unclean spirit was living with this man. We don't know for how long. We're not, we're not told. But this man was helpless to get rid of this unwelcome visitor of doom that was residing within him. But fortunately, God had an answer and hope for this man and for Israel. And, and as I had mentioned right in the beginning, Mark wasted no time telling us what this hope was. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then Mark went on to say that Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan River. And that was a critical point because that's where God vested His authority 
in Jesus. As Jesus came out of the water, God's voice from heaven spoke and said, You are my beloved Son. I take delight in you. And then Jesus is sent out. Mark doesn't tell us, but we know from other Gospels, He was sent out into the wilderness for 40 years. And that power and that authority allowed Him to withstand all the temptations of the devil. And probably also just further strengthened His power and His authority. And Jesus has brought the kingdom of God and that message to repent and believe in the good news is the gospel. And we, need, we do that so that we can be in right relationship with God and we can have God living inside of us. And then Mark goes on to say that Jesus preached the good news of God in Galilee. And as, we just, as I just read for, today, for today's gospel, that he called two pairs of fishermen, brothers, to be his first disciples. So then that brings me to verse 21, where we read that Jesus and his disciples, certainly these four, but there were probably others who were, were following Jesus because he had already been teaching. And they went into Capernaum. And it was a Sabbath, so they entered a synagogue. And Jesus must have been there before and certainly was known by the leaders of the synagogue because they allowed him to teach and to preach. And then Mark tells us that the, the people there were astonished at Jesus' teaching because he taught as no one else did. He taught as one who had authority. His teaching was unlike the scribes. Those were the people who taught the Bible and God's laws to the people. And the difference was the scribes spoke about God and what God's Word told them. They interpreted the Scriptures and they made theological pronouncements. But they didn't claim like Jesus that they, had, that they were directly, they were revealing God's Word, that God had spoken His Word. He was God speaking this Word. Although in Mark's Gospel, they, He isn't telling the people that He is the Son of God and that He is God in the flesh. Jesus you know, would just say, I say this, truly, truly, I say unto you. And he would quote Scripture, the Old Testament Scriptures, but the scribes would more say, you know, God said this and God said that. I don't really believe Jesus said too much what God said. He, he said, this is what I say, because I am God. And Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, and as He's teaching, He's interrupted by, by this man with an unclean spirit. And the unclean spirit cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. Jesus didn't react like I might have. He didn't ask the ushers to take the man out of the synagogue because he's disturbing my preaching. He didn't say, yeah, I am the Holy One of God. You know, like we might puff ourselves up. No, Jesus freed the man from the imprisoning control of the unclean spirit. He rebuked that spirit saying, be silent and come out of him. 
And at Jesus' simple words, the unclean spirit that was convulsing the man and crying with a loud voice came out of him. And Jesus' words and casting out the demon amazed everyone in the synagogue. And Mark tells us that they discussed, they debated, they questioned among themselves what they had witnessed. Their, their eyes must have just been like, what? Wow. What, what have we seen? What have we heard? And they say a new teaching. With authority, He commands even the unclean spirits. And they obey Him. Well, they weren't amazed because Jesus cast out a demon. There were exorcists and exorcisms going on at that time and in years past in, in Israel and in the world. But only Jesus cast out this demon with seven simple words. I mean, they really are. Silent is the, the most complex word if you look at it. Be silent and come out of Him. Very basic words. They'd never seen a teacher of God's Word speak like Jesus with such authority. And Jesus' teaching and words were so powerful because God had put the Holy Spirit on Jesus and in Jesus at His baptism. And of course, we know, they didn't know at that time, that Jesus was God, was God in the flesh. He had that ultimate authority. God gave Him the authority to be God, to act like God, to do God's will amongst people in human flesh. Well, while the people in that synagogue that day experienced an astonishing and amazing worship service, probably like they'd never experienced before, one man's life was changed and forever. And he was saved from what? This great affliction that he had. Because no longer would this unclean spirit control and really destroy his life and separate him from other people. I'm sure you've all, I work down near Skid Row. I work at Los Angeles Christian Health Centers and we have Skid Row clinics. I used to work at right in what is called Skid Row at Los Angeles Mission for over 13 years. And I've heard people and I see them from time to time. And I'm sure you've seen them too. They're just talking uncontrollably and sometimes they're they could be loud, they could be silent, you don't know what they're saying. Sometimes they're raging. That's what this man had experienced until now. But he was free from that. And Jesus wanted to remove what burdened him. He wanted to remove this unclean thing in this man's life. And he wants to do the same today. And he's wanted to do that at that time while he lived on the earth and in the 2,000 years to follow. He wants to remove things that hold us back in our lives. Jesus wants to remove and release, uh, he wants to release us from our bondage to sin. That's why, as John 3.16 said, God sent his only begotten Son so that all who believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus 
willingly died on the cross for our sins so that sin would not separate us from God forever, so that we also wouldn't have to be, as the, the gospel says, as Jesus had said, a slave to our sin. And he wants to free us from all that keeps us from a life-saving relationship with him and with the God of the universe. And he wants to heal and to restore us to be all that God created us to be. And as we can see here, with this man, no one is beyond the healing and rest, rest, restoring powers of Jesus. And we see in this passage that Jesus has the power and he also has the authority that God gave him to heal people, to cast out demons, to transform people's hearts. And as another man who asked Jesus to heal him, Jesus has the will to do it. He goes, are you willing to heal me? And Jesus, of course, says, yes, I am. It doesn't get much worse for a person who's totally out of control of their mental faculties, even their physical faculties, than what this man had. We see that in other ways, maybe where the person isn't out of, you know, does it, it doesn't have, hasn't lost total control of their physical and, and mental skills, but we see what drugs and alcohol addictions can do to people. Some of you, maybe many of you, have family members, friends, co-workers, who this has ruined their lives. But we also have seen stories of people who've overcome this and whose lives have been transformed. And for many, Jesus Christ has been at the center of that recovery. And there are all kinds of other addictions, sexual addictions, pornography, gambling, workaholism, that really take over people's lives. And let's go down even maybe something that might be a little more subtle, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness there can eat away at our souls and keep us from being all that God's called us to be and, and that hardens our heart. And Jesus wants to deal with all of this. So where do you and I need healing? What areas of our lives do we want to change and improve? Do we rely and trust in ourselves to fix these things? I have done that. And that's something I have to fight. I have to let God take over. I think I can do a lot to fix the things in my life that aren't the way I want them to be or aren't how God would have them to be. I've struggled, like I'm sure many others, with the isolation which COVID-19 Lockdowns and social distancing have brought. I need to draw closer to Jesus to, go, to continue to go through this. And I've been really thinking about that and, and really trying to live in that reality more these last few weeks. So let's look beyond to our bigger picture. Whom do we trust and rely on to solve the many problems that afflict our city, our state, our nation, 
and the world. Of course, coronavirus is, is one problem that we're looking to come over, but there are many others. Do we look to President Biden? Did we look to former President Trump, Governor Newsom, Congress, Speaker Pelosi, Leader, Leader McConnell, Leader Schumer, capitalism, socialism, ourselves? They say that our nation is divided like never before. Some and too many in the press repeat this over and over and over that sometimes I think some of these people just want this. And I personally think they're one of the biggest reasons we are so divided, but that may or may not be, be so. Systemic racism, social and criminal injustice, riots. I could go on. But it's been this way since the world's been turning. And for those of you who are older, like me, 30, over 30 years ago, Billy Joel wrote the pop music hit called We Didn't Start the Fire, which recounted political and cultural events from 1949 when he was born to 1989 when he wrote the song and he wrote it to be a constant reminder that no matter how crazy times may seem today they have always been crazy and will continue to be crazy as long as life continues to exist and I won't sing the whole I won't say the words of the whole song but there's a part Begin Reagan Palestine terror on the airline Ayatollahs in Iran Russians in Afghanistan things that aren't good I guess we've been in, then we were replaced with United States in Afghanistan. We will solve some of our problems as a nation and as people, but no one or no group of people have all the resources alone to solve all our problems. Laws and leaders cannot change sinful human hearts that bring so much pain, hostility, and hate to our land and to other people. We cannot legislate or force human beings to love and forgive and to live in humility like Jesus did. We can only do so much to change ourselves because only God can change us from the inside out to live more like Jesus, to have hearts that love and, and forgive and that are humble like Jesus. And faith in Jesus Christ is our only true and sure hope for positive change now and for life with God for eternity. So I ask, in whom will you and I put our trust? To whom will we surrender our hearts, our rights, even our very lives? Jesus called his first four disciples in today's gospel reading to follow me. And they left what they were doing. They left the nets in their boat. And James and John even left their father, Zebedee, in the boat. And they gave up everything. And they followed this man for three years while he lived on earth. And then they followed him thereafter 
And three of those four were then killed by others for their faith. Only John was not crucified for his faith in Jesus Christ. They gave us all. Because Jesus is the answer for us and for the world today. He always has been and he always will be. Give your lives to him and he will help you overcome whatever afflicts you in his time and in his way. And you will see and experience our amazing, astonishing God in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen.